0: opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And, of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent. Who are the hard left, Well, we know who the hard left are. We're in the ascendancy within the the Labour Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that that we were to right wing. Hard left Mm -hmm. agenda. Printing money, national. Without and compensation, the hard left room position, hard left. In the hard left, you hard left, hard left, hard, hard, hard left, hard left, hard, hard, hard left, hard, hard left, 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 hard
1: left, hard 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 left, hard, hard Patterns in the sea, and
2: patterns
1: on the land. Patterns in the palm of each and every hand. And don't forget those ripples in the sea. The way the sun rises on the city. And finally, there'll be no more crazy patterns left.
2: The final title of the album is Patterns, is that right? I believe that, yes, that is right, yeah. (laughs) I believe, yeah, I'm not sure, they might have changed it, the record company, no, no, that is, yeah, that's what it's called, yeah. And you've gone with the artist name for Crazy Moose instead of the album name. Yes, the album is not called Crazy Moose, Crazy Moose is my band pseudonym. (laughs) Your band, meaning...
3: You. Yeah, yeah, it's me. It's
2: me. But, but but actually, we'll get into this. There is a kind of um, band setup on on the album, which which we can explain.
3: Oh, there's certainly a band sound. Yeah. Was there other people involved in this? Nope.
2: No. Not no. not at any stage, uh, apart from you.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. So I mean, uh, well, this is already sounding like an interview. So I guess we could we should just introduce it. it. Yeah, and, and, no. and then. explain what we're talking about but i guess you're the host this time wow that's pressure um (laughs) you you did you hosted
3: episode 99 that's true yeah yeah so uh good day everybody (laughs) how's it going i'm here today with jack fran reed or as he's better known musically i guess as crazy moose (laughs) well
2: i i you know i would say i am i am a member of crazy moose V oh, member, V <laughs> member of Crazy Moose. <laughs> <laughs>
3: We're here today to talk about the new album release called Patterns with art by Yours Truly and
2: music by Jack, of course. Uh. <laughs> I, you know, I made sure to get a, you know, a professional music critic to, to host this, you know, someone who uh, <laughs> who really kind of just is a pro when it comes to this kind of stuff.
3: I've done so many interviews, right? like <laughs> Ro- the Rolling Stones.
1: Uh... <laughs> yeah. have, you, have you interviewed Neil Young? <laughs>
3: Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've super interviewed him. You, you've uh, interviewed I, the shit out of him. I interviewed him so hard, man. He can't be interviewed
2: anymore. <laughs> He's still aching. Um, <laughs> is, that, is that why Dylan doesn't really talk to the press? Because he had a run-in with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so like, fuck, this guy's worse than A.J. Weberman. <laughs> oh god that guy guy, guy. Uh, yeah just a little plug for our past episodes there
3: (laughs) although random tangent didn't you say you went to go see bob dylan and neil young lately i did yeah okay let's talk about that yeah (laughs) that sounds like a fucking cool show
2: that was a very cool show man so we went along to Hyde park i got got free tickets through my auntie who Works for oh, Royal nice. Parks, so she gets to put in for a raffle for the shows that take place at Hyde Park. This show, yeah. it was gonna be a Barclaycard Summer Live thing, whatever it's called, mm. the series of yeah. concerts sponsored some by some commercial Card. nonsense. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> then, but then Neil Young didn't like that he was like I, it, he posted he basically because he he's got this it's basically a blog but it's styled like a newspaper on his archives website called the the neil young archives times contrarian uh, oh yeah and so it's a combination of neil and sort of neil's associates just blogging about various (laughs) things interesting to Neil. So, not just about his music, but also about, like, sound quality and the environment and how he... yeah. Yeah, and it's like Neil will... He'll talk about tracks from his back catalogue or he'll slag off Donald Trump or various things. Um, Just classic Neil stuff, yeah. Exactly. But he posted a little blog on, on the NYA Times Contrarian where he was like... I am very unhappy about Barclay Card being the sponsors of this because they're, like, a fossil fuel-supporting entity. Um, <laughs> and so he said that he was, you know, in negotiations, but that he might have to pull out if Barclay Card didn't. So I guess Neil got round the table and put his case, no doubt, in fact, helped by his late manager, Elliot Roberts, who died a couple of weeks ago, but was, you know, really... Oh really power also managed dylan at various points in his career but a really powerful advocate for neil they they managed to negotiate it basically but it wasn't a barclay card concert it was just a bob dylan and neil young co-headlining concert oh nice yeah yeah Yeah. so small victories exactly uh, so i mean yeah. yeah i think i think that's that's pretty cool
3: and are they still both in top form neil and bob
2: yeah yeah absolutely well i mean i think both artists in their own way are acquired tastes i think neil puts on more of a crowd-pleasing show but then at the same Mm. time neil's show will like descend into long guitar solos and just outright Mm. noise rock where him and the band are just smashing their instruments at the end of a song um (laughs) so so some people like will they'll they'll enjoy like the first portion of neil's show where he's just bringing out banger after banger, and indeed there were bangers at this show, but they'll find the stuff where he's just like, he'll do rocking in the free world, and he'll stop the song, and then he'll just start it again with another chorus, and he'll rip all the strings <laughs> off his guitar, and then it, we'll think the song's over, and then he'll do another chorus. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was. I've seen Neil five times, and this is one of the best shows. Right. I've, I've seen him in 2009, 2013, 2014 2016 and this year and you know I've, I've... So i'm i guessing you kind of like seeing him ah yeah i really i little... always see neil young and i've seen <laughs> i've seen like a, a staggering amount of unique songs at those shows
3: he uh, does sound like he really puts on a performance rather than just playing the album or whatever
2: Oh yeah yeah absolutely. I mean he's recorded a new album but he it's not come out yet so he didn't play any new songs. It was a, okay. it wasn't just a greatest hits show. It was kind of there were deep cuts from his catalog as well. Hmm. But um I think he's keeping his powder dry with the new material until he can get Crazy Horse together later in the year with their new lineup with Nils Lofgren. But yeah, I've seen ah, cool, um cool i've seen neil young five times and he's played 56 unique songs at those five shows so i've i've been very (laughs) you did a little math there did you uh no there's this neil young website called sugar mountain where you can oh you, you you can it chronicles all his set lists so you, right. can, you can set it so that you've seen a certain show and then you'll have a My Sugar Mountain page with all the shows you've seen plus numbers. You know, like number of shows. Shows recorded, shows nice, not recorded. Nice, nice. Yeah. I've heard of
3: similar services. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: So Neil was, was terrific. You know, he played some of my favourite songs by him. Walk On was a great sing-along by me and the lads. I got through three spliffs mm. in the course of his set. And... Uh, oh, and then he... Right at the end, right? So he started playing Roll Another Number. So then he, 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 he got out this There's this kind of psychedelic guitar tone that he only really uses for that song. So I was like, oh, hmm. yes, yes. Although I was it's kind coming. of... I was slightly <laughs> peeved because I'd literally just finished a number and, needed, and I needed to save my other two for Bob's set. So I was like, for fuck's sake, Neil, you could have <laughs> just done this a little bit earlier. So anyway, he went it's too dark to put the keys in my ignition
1: <laughs> and then
2: he just stopped the song and he was like no i can't do this it's still light out <laughs> and he just didn't and then he just launched into this 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 this, this song called piece of crap Um mm which is like what's it called when when the title of something describes its contents <laughs> <laughs> you know the word i mean right uh, yeah yeah <laughs> and that was the last song of his set that was the grand finale piece, piece of crap uh, <laughs> but it, but to be honest it was very like it was a very punk rock thing to do to not play yeah. uh, one of the all-time classics, Roll Another Number for the Road, <laughs> and instead play, uh, you know... Piece <laughs> of crap. Yeah, a, a literal <laughs> piece of crap. I was all kind of psyched. Yeah. I'd all kind of mentally prepared myself for the fact that I would not be able to see Bob Dylan, because we were not very close to the show, and Bob right. fa- famously has an aversion... Uh, sorry, we were not very close to the stage, and Bob famously has an aversion to having big screens at his concerts. Like so,
3: cameras and stuff, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I saw Bob at Wembley Arena two years ago, and... Mm. I was right at the back and there were no cameras and you could just see like these tiny specks on the <laughs> stage where and his band were. Uh, so it's really, that's one of the reasons I think that late period live Dylan is, is an acquired taste. However, mm. we'd just gone back. I'd hooked up with Jock actually, who'd who gone there to oh, see nice. Bob and Neil. So I, me and Jock hung out for about 10 minutes and we, were, we went for a piss and we were just walking back from the toilets and Bob launched... Right into uh, Ballad of a Thin Man, and we could fucking see him. Whereas Neil had had multiple cameras filming him and his band cutting back and forth. There was one static shot, (laughs) to be fair, quite close up, of Bob Mm. at his piano, that did not move for the entire concert, (laughs) did not show any of his band.
3: Definitely not a very
2: dynamic actor. No, no, um... (laughs) You, actually, you could see Donnie Heron, his pedal steel guitarist, because Donnie sits mm. right behind Bob on the stage. <laughs> but that was it. Uh, like Charlie, Just the two of them. Yeah, mm. Charlie Sexton, <laughs> his, his great guitarist, who for the film fans out there, has a <laughs> supporting role in Richard Linklater's film Boyhood. Uh, Charlie Sexton, <laughs> you couldn't fucking see him. But, you know, he was playing fire, so what does it matter? yeah. <laughs> but yeah no it was cool you know Bob no he's not a dynamic presence in some ways like he doesn't speak to the crowd at all he didn't utter a word to the crowd (laughs) Neil said a couple of things to the crowd including I can't play roll another number because it's too light outside (laughs) Bob he said nothing but at one point I can't remember what song it was during one of the famous ones. It might have been like a Rolling Stone or something. He said like as he was singing, he kind of improvised something like, Let me hear you now. So so he did at one point like get into it like and sort of (laughs) incite the crowd to sing along. But I'll tell you this, it's very, very challenging to sing along to late period live Dylan. Because he 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 doesn't just change the diction, the rhythm, the melodies (laughs) Of his lyrics, uh, even someone like me who's listened to a lot of bootlegs of Bob, you know, it's right. not—it's not the same from show to show. That he might have, <laughs> I, I, I might have listened to a show from last year, and the arrangement has changed completely by now. I mm. mean, to be fair, I can still—I'm—I'm I'm not one of the people who can't recognize them because I know, you know, I love these songs, I know these songs well, so when he hits yeah. me. With the first lyric, I, I recognise it. But here's the other thing. He changes the lyrics as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so uh, Simple Twist of Fate, a great song off Blood on the Tracks, <laughs> yes, which you, yes. you, you, you know. That song, even I hadn't heard the final verse before. Like, I've heard so <laughs> many versions of Simple Twist of Fate. A lot of the lyrics on it weren't the lyrics on the album, but I'd heard them before. Mm-hmm. Some of them went back as, as far as an alternate version from 1974. But the final verse seemed to be all new stuff. So there, there's kind of like just because That's pretty cool. I Difficult, think it's but cool. cool. It's yeah. challenging, but it's cool, isn't it? Because I, I think like uh, it was something like I saw King Crimson recently as well, which was great. Oh uh, really? You-
3: nice. So I was just listening to them the other day. Oh actually. really? Are you a yeah. fact? Did
2: you get? Did you hear them through Kanye? Uh,
3: I I got introduced through. Um what was that
2: film with nick cage oh Uh, mandy mandy Mandy. starless starless is on the fantastic song they played that when i saw them yeah yeah man i'm glad you're into king crimson but of course their song 21st century schizoid man is famously sampled in kanye west's song power
1: 21st oh, century skirt. I know that
2: song, of course. I didn't know the sample, but yeah, yeah. Cool, that's cool. that's like their most famous song. That was the encore when I saw them. King Crimson was great, by the way. They have a lineup now where they have three drummers at the front of the <laughs> stage, and <then> the rest. <laughs> that's of them. pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, and where most bands would have the drummer on the riser at the back king crimson had the rest of the band at the the (laughs) riser um yeah great yeah that was pretty great but basically there was i was reading an interview of robert fripp and he said something like just because it's music from the past doesn't mean it's not new because they'll keep Mm. reinventing it and the music is a living breathing thing as they keep playing it uh, and I think that's very much the same with Bob Dylan. Just because yeah. it's a uh, song from 65, it's not going to sound like 65. And even his recent songs, he's rearranged, you know? So it's not... he He's as yeah. I- irreverent towards his stuff from 97 or 2012 as he is towards uh, the classics. Which, uh, you know, in his defense, he played quite a few of. But there's a couple of little things. So, like, Bob... He sits down. He sang, I think, maybe one or two songs centre stage without playing an instrument, but he basically sits down at the piano for most of the show. At the end of the songs, he stands up. Behind the piano, which I think is oh, yeah. interesting, I think it might be to signal to his band that he's winding the song up. <laughs> right, otherwise they... they'd have no idea. <laughs> yeah, because I mean they're not like Neil where they jam for ten minutes, but they jam a bit. Like Bob does piano solos and stuff, and it's, it's interesting actually. He's got some great instrumentalists in his band, but they don't really solo. He just he does all the solos hmm. on piano or harmonica. Occasionally he just like walk to the middle of the stage, just kind of stand there with like his his. I guess like in a kind of cowboy stance with like his thumbs Mm. in his pockets Uh, and just kind of look at the crowd and like smile a bit and then just walk back to the piano and do another song.
3: (laughs) It's just, it's baffling. Baffling. But also I think quite keeping in line with the spirit of folk music and how it's always changing. Yeah. never the same exact performance is it
2: yeah absolutely bob is uh, living breathing incarnation of that I, I was disappointed bob and neil didn't play on stage together um mm. of course hyde park has famously had some moments where the curfew has curtailed possible collaborations like bruce springsteen played uh, a few years ago at a show i didn't make it to and i think he was gonna sing with his uh, his fellow new jersey native john bon jovi they were gonna do they, 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 were, they were gonna do um, they were gonna do hungry heart together i mean n- oh not not gosh. a huge not a huge loss there but but you know, bon jovi or no yeah. bon jovi losing yeah. out on a bit of bruce is, is always a shame uh, I feel like that would have been a very funny performance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they they played together. And we'll, uh, if you if you need if you need those two guys on one stage, I'm sure there's like uh, New Jersey benefit concerts on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Titus Andronicus there as well and stuff. But like yeah i was slightly disappointed bob and neil didn't play together i mean bob doesn't really jam with other musicians so mm. yeah i wasn't that surprised he likes to hang with other musicians like there's a picture of him uh, and his band hanging out with shane mcgowan at a dylan oh show. sure yeah dylan showing uh, so there you go bob dylan is a Pogues fan <laughs> Going back to our still unreleased Pogues episode, which whoa,
3: wait, that's still unreleased. Yeah, Tom Diso. God ed- did we record that? Oh, oh ages
2: ago, man. At least it's just it's not topical, so <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. We can put it out. Yeah, <laughs> Disso's editing that now. But yeah, I was disappointed Bob and Neil didn't play together. However, the next night, no, two nights later, rather in Ireland, they did. They did a cover oh. of. Do you know a folk song called uh, "Will the Circle Be Unbroken"? <laughs> Um, Um, Will the circle
1: be unbroken By and by, Lord, by and by There's a better home awaiting In the sky, Lord, in the sky
2: yeah, I don't, I don't know the song too well But it's one of those ones that I kind of I know the chorus because it's in the folk yeah. canon So, and, and the chords are easy to work out So I have my guitar there and I can just kind of It's a standard uh, but yeah, it's it's a cool sure. per- it's a cool performance, you know. Neil on acoustic guitar, Bob kind of making the effort to like sing what most musicians would consider singing kind of properly, <laughs> as well. <Right>. Like going <laughs> going for the higher notes and stuff, where he'd usually just kind of talk. Yeah, great, re- really good. Wish wish I'd have seen it, but what can you do? It seems like a kind of once in a lifetime moment. Yeah. First, uh,
3: w- w- was there any supporting acts or anything
2: at the uh, show you went to? There were. There was Cat Power, who I'm a big fan of. I think Laura Marling might have supported. I-, I I saw her support Neil a few years ago, and she was good then. Oh, nice. Uh, but, no, I didn't get there in time for any of the support acts. I was oh, okay. I was getting stressed <laughs> the fuck out, man, because the tube was so packed. Uh, and uh, Isn't it always? Oh, you God, know, especially. Like, every,
3: I swear, every time I visited London, I think why don't i live here this is such a cool city and yeah. then i go to the underground and it's packed full uh, and I'm like, oh this is why i don't live yeah, here.
2: yeah 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 that and the fucking rents at least for tube can be convenient but like still great recipe for a panic attack but i didn't i didn't go quite that far luckily i, I was just i was a bit stressed but we got there in time for for neil's set acts, to kick yeah. off yeah let's hear that collaborative version of will the circle be unbroken
3: I mean, well, there was a slight reason to me bringing this up other than just try to break the ice and get some conversation going, which was, I do feel, and I'm sure you won't be offended by this, but um, I do feel like Bob and Neil both have helped inspire this album of yours. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. There's a very, there's a jangly, folky kind of, you know, sound to it throughout. um, Absolutely.
2: if you're into those artists, you will just fucking love, of course, you know. Uh, I'd i certainly <laughs> hope so, you know, and I, uh, yeah, indeed I am into those artists and I would never and I could never deny being influence to an extraordinary level by by both bob dylan and neil young yeah like would, look, look, would you
3: personally cite those as your main sort of inspirations or yeah. is there something else going on there
2: or... uh those two are uh, uh mm. number number one and number one you know that <laughs> these guys are, <laughs> yeah. y- there is no one like there's people who've been formative for me like i love the beatles and the stones and, and sure uh, and The Who and Springsteen and stuff. like, Even though, you know, someone like The Who, I've only got back into them recently, but I listened to them when I was an early teen just getting into rock. So, right like, on, right on. So they're an important band, even if the last few years I won't have been banging on about them. But no, Neil and Bob are the two I've been kind of obsessed with for over a decade now. Yeah,
3: that, that's not news or surprising to me at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, of course. And there's, there's artists who... I, I, I consider, like, on their level... I mean, I, I, I said to my friend Emma that, that I, mm. I kind of think... I think maybe Springsteen is a tier below those two. But I've kind of changed my mind on that. I really think that, you know, he's, he's as, as, as great as either of them. Um, yeah, and the boss. Yeah, the boss, exactly. I think, I think the he's... only
3: boss I don't hate.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I think because there, there's something that Bruce can do that is his own... That Bob and Neil can't do, and that there's there's things that those guys can do that the other can't do. Bob, Bob can't. You know, uh, you'll notice there's a lot of guitar solos on my album. <laughs> Uh, yes, Bob, Bob Dylan can't play guitar like Neil Young. Only Neil Young can play guitar like Neil Young, and uh, and of course, mm. uh, you know, a generation of like uh, alternative rock artists who who have <laughs> uh, tried to play guitar like Neil Young. Like, uh, and, and I am the next or the next generation after that, and I also try and play guitar like Neil Young in, in many cases. That's the heavier tone you you hear on some yeah. some songs on the album. And of course, Neil Young, he's written great many many great lyrics, but he hasn't got the. Dazzling vision that Dylan, at his best, has had when it comes to writing right. lyrics. And neither- Dylan's really a poet, isn't he? But, but, but the music is innate. Like it's mm. it, it's it's a perfect marriage of poetry and music because his his stuff it's great on the page, but it's not as good on the page. It needs you know the the music yeah. is, is very important, but it's adaptable. You can change it. There's not one particular way it's supposed to be. And then what Springsteen has, what either of those two don't necessarily have is that kind of that affirmation of life Bruce has got dark oh, yeah. dark songs obviously but there's something mm. about pumping your fist up in the air I was watching a show he did in Barcelona in 2003 on a streaming service I won't name but this was <laughs> this was before the the uh, boycott that's been going on officially the last couple of days I should clarify but basically I watched this uh, <laughs> this concert that Springsteen did in 2003 and he was playing badlands and i just thought it's just insane to have a song it was just kind of this inspiring that has this energy and this sense of like triumph of, of spirit um, Oh, sure
3: even when he's singing about really down and out people and down and out communities it's like yeah there is this triumphalism to it there's this spirit of we will prevail
2: yeah, absolutely. And of course, he's got, you, you know, Bruce is, he's not a one dimensional artist. So he's got records like Nebraska or Tunnel of Love, where you can see the flip side to this. And there is no hope. <laughs> but, sure. but at the same time, but even when there is no hope on a song like Born in the USA he's able to turn it into something that feels yeah. inspiring <laughs> to Although, the point where
3: loads of presidential candidates are like, yeah, born yeah. in the USA. Like yeah. if you, you, you listen to the lyrics ever, uh, no, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I should clarify
2: <laughs> that the final lyrics of the song before the final chorus are, uh, I'm 10 years burning on down the road. I've got nowhere to run. I've got nowhere to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. there, there is, there is no hope in that song. Uh, that song yeah. is about a guy whose life has been completely destroyed. Um, <laughs> but it's but it's a you know it it's has, okay because born in the yeah exactly <laughs> it's got the same quality it's a, i mean i think that's a great song i love the original arrangement you know that's the thing mm. recently i've been very into just just classic rock just just just, just like what, mm. thinking what makes this stuff classic and what gives it that quality and that's why i've kind of gone back to the who and i've been finding their music so powerful and stuff because i oh, always yeah, pre- yeah. preferred the kind of the more down and Dirty like stones, heroin-soaked, sort of seedy <laughs> cocksucker blues kind of feel, you know. Uh, yeah, but but I I don't know. I I, I think a lot. A lot of that stuff is good. I'll, I'll turn the floor over to you now because we've just got on, gone on a tangent about Bruce Springsteen. Really. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I do just want to ask, just because I'm completely ignorant, what, what what are you talking about, boycotting a streaming service?
2: Oh, the last couple of days there's been like an Amazon boycott basically, just like Amazon worker solidarity oh, thing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Yeah. So... I know they constantly mistreat their
3: workers. Yeah, they Bebos, sure do. Yeah.
2: yeah, so it's been, I think, the 15th and the 16th of uh, the official days not to do it, and I should clarify I watched I, the, I watched the Springsteen thing on like on Saturday I think so <laughs> so you're good yeah I'm d- good I'm good I'm good I'm good and I don't think I've used Amazon in about
3: like five or six months, so oh, I'm nice. good.
2: Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. That's uh, that's pretty. That's that's, well, that, that, that's just because
3: I haven't had money or anything. <laughs> <laughs> shopping? The, the, what is this bougie thing you speak of? <laughs> yeah, Buying
2: yeah. things? <laughs> you, you you go uh, to the dispensary, and uh, that's all. The that's shopping. my shopping. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm. the main kind of shopping. Sorry, Tom's posted a picture of him uh, with a uh, an old person, like with a face app. Filter thing that makes him look old. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Let's. I'll turn it back over to you for some discussion. Could uh, Tom not be with us today? I don't know. I can ask him.
3: (laughs) yeah fair enough. I mean, like, it's not really a big group thing, I guess. So, I guess one other thing I'm curious about: why you're of the moose or crazy moose? Actually, is what you went with in the end. Sorry. Why?
2: Why? Why mooses at all? Is my main curiosity. (laughs) Well, I think there's a, um, there's a sort of tripart- tripartite uh, explanation for this, I think. Uh, I okay. think there's like three aspects to it. Let me think. Uh, <laughs> like, the holy right- trinity of moose. Yeah. Oh, my mum's brought another cup of tea. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> right, so the original idea of this album was to just record some like down and dirty d- demos with a kind of faux band lineup, just doing some sure. real kind of basic eat shit rhythmic. And this is a bit of a change from. I know you've done a lot of hip hop over the last few years. <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. This is a bit of a change. Yeah. So I well basically I just, what I wanted to do was I I wanted to do just so just some really eat shit kind of drumming like that. Just some kind of. Mm. Uh, I, I figured I could do something that sounds a bit like bass on my guitar. I got, I'd i got some percussion instruments for Christmas. So that was really the, what was new, the fact that I, I could play some kind of percussion without doing a loop. Uh, yeah. Which meant... What, that what, I c- what sort of instruments did you get? Uh, I've got so I've got a little hand drum here. I've got this little. I don't. I don't know what any of them are called. I've got um, this thing that you can scrape and you can shake it a bit. Whatever the fuck that's called. I've got a, a wooden shaker here that I've had for years. Um, I've got this other wooden shaker that's a different shape. I've got this plastic shaker and I've got another one, but I don't know where it is. Uh, oh yeah! And, oh, and Definitely got, recognizing some of those sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think it might be on. No, it's not on the floor. That's the. Oh no, it is on the floor. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I've got a pair of bongos as well. As you hear the bongos on a couple of tracks on the record, but mainly it's the combination of the wooden maraca hitting the hand drum. Mm. Yeah. Like that. That nice. maybe that that's pretty much the drums on the whole thing. <laughs> every track
3: right on yeah that's i guess that's the jangly sound i was thinking of yeah
2: yeah and and, and well and, and just we were talking about the moose thing so yes, uh, back to so basically myths. crazy horse neil young's famous backing band since 1969 uh they are renowned for being just like shit instrumentalists basically that's (laughs) uh, they kind of predated punk rock in that sense although the songs are kind of a (laughs) bit longer than than punk it's just very basic and ralph Molina is their drummer is for me like his boom thwack kind of drums they're just perfect they're not they're not showy at all and yeah he fucks up the rhythm and it lets it slip and stuff but who cares like it's fine like the band they pick they pick it back up again and that's part of the 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 thrill of crazy horse is that things fall apart and then they come back together again so i was like oh i can fucking do that all on my own <laughs> like uh, so it, it's the, the same i guess the same impulse making me think oh neil young one of the greatest artists of all time can make do with this really simple band so i can make do with a really simple band that's just me except you know rather than these kind of cool you know stoned out musicians yeah um it's the same kind of impulse that made me think like when i watched that film where andre 3000 plays jimmy hendrix and it ends with him covering sergeant peppers so i was just like oh well if jimmy <laughs> hendrix could do a cover of sergeant peppers i can do a cover of sergeant peppers after which i just then recorded a cover of sergeant peppers uh, the, so- <laughs> the song that is not the whole album that would be very complicated yeah uh, that would be a lot of work yeah <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> Well, it was 20 years ago today Such a Pepper taught the band to play
2: I just was like "Oh, I'll make a really like raggedy kind of country rock record that's why it was at one point called Riding Ragged before I thought before I decided that to sounds right. too much like a euphemism for anal sex and then <laughs> I um that's uh, yeah <laughs> seriously I was like yeah. come on I, I, how did I not realise that initially um and then there's a couple of other things moose why a moose instead of a horse well Neil Young is Canadian of course yeah so that's just a kind of Racist joke about Canadians. We, we know they all ride in those. This is your mees. Yeah, yeah, this is a hundred percent unequivocally anti-Canadian podcast. <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> the Michael and us podcast. No, nah, I love Michael and us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Especially <laughs> fuck you, the important cinema club, and in fact all the podcasts of Will Sloan. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm really, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I love, I love, I love both those podcasts. I think there was another kind of. Um, aspect to it, I probably yeah. I wrote... think that was two strands.
3: You said there was a third.
2: There, yeah. Okay. There might be a third strand. Uh, oh, Tom's gonna try and download Skylanders. You had for a vision boat. of a moose. Yeah. <laughs> it came uh, to
3: you and it spake
2: yeah exactly I had a vision of a moose that it was like they turning the frogs gay you need to dedicate your life to opposing <laughs> water fluoridation <laughs> and that's why the whole album's secret theme is about fluoride in the water right that is basically the subliminal message, yeah. If you start reversing the tracks, it's all like,
1: Go "Turn the frogs in the fish, yeah.
2: <laughs> Some real terrible. Metallica shit in there, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, I think it was Judas Priest, actually. Yeah, I I was uh, yeah. reading about that recently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> incidentally, I think the Judas Priest were acquitted there, weren't they? <laughs> yes of course (laughs) like how could they not be yeah 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 i think it was a very unreasonable thing to take them to court in the first place so it's possibly another reason for the moose thing i can't remember it mainly it's a tribute to neil young but also a jab at him for being canadian (laughs) i should point out though that crazy horse the band are not canadian they're all american
3: (laughs) all right huh did not know did not know
2: once again, this is Jack after the fact. I remembered the third dimension to the crazy horse name. This is Jack after the fact. After the fact. I meant the crazy moose name, obviously, which is riding the horse if the horse is crazy. is it a be- I'm getting a little bit philosophical here. Riding the horse if the horse is crazy, then that's difficult because the horse is going to give you a bumpy ride but riding the crazy moose now riding the crazy horse is the least of your troubles so what i was trying to say was when people say crazy horse can't fucking play wait till they fucking hear this
3: well i see that a lot of the songs are dated from like 2014 2015 so, this has clearly been brewing for a while
2: in your noggin yeah uh, I, I I, absolutely. what
3: is it that uh I don't know there's there's a lot of cohesion, of course between these songs i'm not'm I'm not entirely sure where my question is going, but I'm just kind of. Curious how you kept this cohesion and where this thought process came from for like five
2: years now. Yeah, um, it's uh, it, so it's it is as you say a, a, a set of songs from a, a period of five years from 2014 to present. And yeah. I picked the songs, whilst a lot of them are older songs rather than stuff I've written recently, the recordings are new. So I think that's where the cohesion comes from is what I selected these songs specifically for, from a long list of songs I've written over many years um, right. to go but together. these are all recent recordings yeah, although with the exception of the guitar and vocal track on horror music now, oh, yeah. we're, we're talking about patterns the second and the penultimate track of the album are both called horror music there's horror yes music. there's horror music and horror music too horror music too horror music number one easily the worst song on the album but I feel <laughs> in an album called Patterns that kind of cohesion is very important uh, oh sure so, so it's, it's a real kind of like, what the fuck moment, because you've got Sunrise on the City, which is a very kind of complete song, starting the album. And then it goes <laughs> right into, which was incidentally the last song I wrote in Leicester. I wrote it in the morning that I was leaving lester and and then it goes into this just super fucked sounding track uh, where I'm, I'm
1: just like the i heard
2: my vocal of that i was like i can't re-record this this i've got to just use the original and my my acoustic guitar playing on it was just so fractured and fragmented uh, just just all over the place just it was about the feeling rather than like playing the right notes so i was like i've yeah. got okay i've got to i've got to have that um.
1: The spinal operator drew his blinds, and the blues came home for Christmas. Promise they treat you kind. Unravel, unwind. Do I
2: The I played acoustic guitar in a very similar way on the track Amongst the Bones, although that was recorded in 2018 and then I did the, like horror music, I did the drums and bass quote-unquote drums, quote-unquote bass in, uh, (laughs) in 2019. So yeah, I've specified in this most recent update of this lyric sheet that I sent you, the vast majority of the album is recorded newly, except for a trio of songs that I wrote in 2018. Yeah. Which were almost kind of like the foundation of the album because these were the new material I had that encouraged me to dig back into my back catalogue and find old songs to construct this album which in turn inspired me to write new songs
3: right right on right on so 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 it's
2: very much an amalgamation
3: of these loose threads that you put together over the years and then you're like hey this this works as an album
2: exactly so i had amongst the bones counting minutes and horror music too in basic forms from last year and then i thought back to my song that i wrote when i was doing my masters for last man on earth and Mm. i was like well that's a slow minor key song that i could do with a very very heavy guitar tone so i just recorded a kind of crazy horse well what would turn out to be a crazy moose (laughs) <laughs> which this is the this is the birth of the crazy moose idea I recorded yeah. a sort of what was a kind of crazy horse version of the last man on earth which was originally much more much more of an acoustic ballad but this was much more ha- how i wanted it to sound i hadn't really had the facilities to record it how i wanted it to sound yeah and then then i just kind of went from there when i had the last man on earth which has been edited slightly for, for the current form of the album because the guitar solo was so like ragged and all over the place that i couldn't keep a steady drum beat along to it and i had to uh This is another thing, by the way. I'm not a good enough drummer to record the drums first. I record r- <laughs> I record rhythm guitar first, and I have to adjust. It's the- interesting. I had I have to adjust the drums along to whatever mistakes I make in the rhythm guitar, <laughs> basically. Um, yeah, right, right. It, that's how the Stones do it. To be fair, I don't know if they record one instrument at a time rather than as a band, but they always mm. say as a live band the band follow Keith Richards what he's playing. Oh, okay, so, yeah. And it's a very guitar-y album, it's extremely oh, yeah, bit... guitar-focused. Very little uh, keyboards on it, even though I have a keyboard. Yes, <laughs> quite.
3: So you say "Sunrise on the City" was written on your last day in Leicester? Yeah. Somewhat curious. Who's the slob in the line "slob's dinner cooking"?
2: Oh, it's it, it's <laughs> me. Uh, I, oh, had, I okay. had I had I had a ready meal cooking at like uh, about <laughs> about 6 a.m
3: nice nice <laughs> i hadn't eaten all day uh, and i
2: was just like oh i need to eat something so i put on a ready meal and it was a very unedifying uh, spectacle so it worked itself into uh into this very mark kozilek inspired narrative uh it doesn't yeah. rhyme yeah. you'll notice Yeah. But, but it, well it does at times but it mostly doesn't rhyme uh it's just kind of a stream of consciousness and um, that is good that you bring up mark kozilek because yeah of course that's very much his style
3: isn't it talking and just sort of stream of consciousness uh, yeah
1: and
2: uh, and kind of backing my voice up with a load of harmony vocals on this
3: so it, w- w- was kozilek
2: certainly an influence on the lyrics at least um, Not on most of this album, but certainly on this song. On, t-
3: on sunrise, yeah. you'll,
2: you'll remember at uni we, were, we were, you know, you me, oh, yeah. Jock. <laughs> we were listening to uh, a lot of Mark Kozalek and Sunkill Moon, and he put out Benji in 2014, which was a terrific album, mm-hmm. and then he would followed it up in 2015 with Universal Themes, which is uh, a divisive album, but I, I like it a lot.
3: I don't think I know that one.
2: Uh, it's, it's a weird album, man. It's got like Crimea River, Williamsburg, Sleeve Tattoo Blues on it, where he's like ranting about hips. To journalists and oh and stuff. Yeah. i quite like that record it's got a song called my net this is my first day and i'm indian and i work at a gas station but
1: cool,
2: yeah. but yeah that <laughs> record had come out so i was listening to a lot of cause at that point and so i was trying to take something from his lyrical approach but at the same time i don't get as prosaic as him there is an element no. there is more of an element of abstraction in mine, which is in fact to be fair just more similar to what mark Cosselet was like prior to 2012 and at the same time, that riff as well. Uh, uh, sorry, the strings are getting in the way of my guitar, but. Like, that was inspired by um, a couple of songs on Sunkill Moon's 2008 album, April. Specifically, there's a couple of you'll you'll notice a pattern here a cup a pattern you'll notice a pattern of patterns <laughs> patterns but and patterns there's a couple of long heavy crazy horse type jams on april called tonight the sky and the light and that inspired me with that riff which is uh, circular although by the way that's not the key i play it in on the album i got into playing in open tunings again so i tuned the whole song several steps up in fact so it was a bit harder to sing but what can you do as a non-music person, I totally know what all that means. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, keep, question, keep these questions coming. Parkinson. Uh... <laughs> I'm a big Grateful Dead fan actually so a lot of the kind of all the fiddly guitar parts where they're just kind of playing off each other and the 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 vocal harmonies with that i had a very big grateful dead phase earlier this year and i think that that inspired me to use some cleaner guitar tones hearing a very
3: cleanness yeah
2: yeah and tom petty uh, i got into this year for the first time and he inspired the song i don't want to sleep where the chorus is kind of just the melody to his song king's highway changed about a little bit I
1: don't wanna sleep because...
3: I'm not
2: terribly familiar with Tom Petty. I mean, I know the name. It's very good. He's got the same fist-pumping quality as Springsteen. Oh, cool. cool yeah, cool, but, cool. but also also some more kind of sensitive music that I, I, I like a lot. That is very uh, influential on the record, getting into Tom Petty.
3: I like how you do blend that sort of forlorn... A lot of the lyrics are kind of depressing sort of uh, yeah but the, the music itself is not depressing it's it's like i said at the beginning it's jangly it's kind of upbeat
2: not always tom says call him uh, yeah but basically uh just on a musical level i generally write all my songs in major keys <laughs> which <laughs> which helps you know right, right. So, so so right as a non-musician I'll, I'll i'll briefly lay this out to you so here is e minor It's very sad So that's The Last Man on Earth Every
1: sweet blossom Wilts one day Great dynasties fall
2: And then So that's E minor And then you've got E major Okay So you've got I don't want to sleep Because this
1: moment might be gone
2: which I wrote in a very high key and, and I and struggle to say. So catchy. I, I, I love that. Like, I'm literally
3: just like tapping along to my driving wheel, uh, my steering wheel as I drive along, you know?
2: Just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the shit. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I'm, I'm very glad you think that. Right, let's get Tom in here. <laughs> what, what the fuck is Tom did? Oh, milk. It's, okay, he's it's got milk. milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Milk
2: Gotta fit that in somehow, right? Where, where were we? So Tom yeah, me and you Tom's joined us now listeners. Uh, he, he's, Hi. He's very interested about my album as well. He's he's uh, extremely curious about about the whole enterprise. So yeah we've we, let's let's carry on talking rock and roll. Rock
4: and roll. So, Jack, the most pressing question, of course, is how fucking smash were you when you made this album?
2: <laughs> Varying degrees, you know.
4: I recorded all. We're talking all... coke. We're talking heroin. We're talking smack. <laughs> we're talking weed. I mean, what are we talking about?
2: Here? We are. We are talking. Weed <laughs> we, that's, I have to be honest, there's no this is not ah, so this he, is not Fleetwood Mac's rumours. Uh, I'm this, disappointed this
3: is, this that there's no psychedelics in there.
2: No, no, I'm afraid this is not Sgt. <laughs> Peppers with the Psychedelics, it's not rumours with the cocaine, it's not Exile on Main Street <laughs> with the smack. This is This just, is
4: Neil post seventies just sticking to marijuana. This is a
2: pure pure <laughs> weed album. hundred percent of the way, but when I say it's a pure weed album, I mean also that not a minute of it was recorded when i was not stoned <laughs> not, i mean that's not, just, not just our lives isn't it really yeah no but i mean i do the show sometimes when i'm not stoned but re- recording music i mean not Ugh. not in- not interested
0: <laughs>
2: recording sober yeah com. i mean I've, who knows there might there may have been some like you know a bass track somewhere i did when i was sober or something but yeah who knows nah. uh, probably we'll not. forgive you for that yeah if you yeah. listen closely to the bass tracks you'll notice that i'm just jamming the fuck out all of them it's just like <laughs> it's just another guitar track with a deeper tone basically who's
4: who's who's uh, who's doing the drumming is it just like a drum machine you've
2: got aura. Uh... i am i'm honored that you think that its rhythm is solid enough to be a <laughs> drum machine tom no it's me fucking, just hammering away at my fucking hand drum with a with a wooden maraca
3: Although, as you were saying, you did the percussion after the guitar, right? I did, yeah, because I, yeah.
2: I, I the rhythm guitar is the thing that I trust myself to be the most rhythmic on because I, I've most of my life I've been a, makes sense. I've always known you as a guitarist, yeah. mostly. Yeah, I've, been, I've always been a kind of obviously I play lead guitar, but I'm not like a thousand notes per minute kind of guitarist.
3: <laughs>
2: no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> sure. do, I don't really do. I do. If I play fast, it's generally a kind of squall of a tonal noise, like. I, I, hmm. you know, I, I, I like, I like chords. That's how I learn guitar. That's how I play. That's how I learn songs. I learn the chords and I go from there. I work, I work riffs out and stuff by ear. So I'm, I'm a rhythm guitarist at heart. You know, nice, nice, makes sense nice, to me. Nice yeah. chunky chords. And I think that's from, from singing as well. I generally, I play guitar to sing along to it. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's the setup. There's only, there's only, I think, two tracks with, with you grinding up some pith there, yeah, yeah not me i told me you, you grinding up some piff there uh what are you talking about <laughs> 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 what officer what me?
4: We're, we're we're a professional enterprise now sir <laughs> well, exactly that's why consume you know.
3: drugs we've got no. we've got a show you, people
2: can i can I
4: ask you a personal question yeah
2: are you a cop <laughs> yeah if you if you uh, actually me and yair were talking about my subliminal messages on the record earlier <laughs> if, you, if you reverse the chorus of track four amongst the bones it will actually say i am a cop i work for the police i'm a fully paid a member of the metropolitan police force yeah don't at me i work for the police as a cop doing police work those are the lyrics verbatim i believe yeah yeah so that's the kind of feel i'm going for just it's a thinly veiled confession of my work for law enforcement <laughs> <laughs> So,
4: where were you when you first decided that you were going to go on a bit of a creative tangent and put this album together? What was going through your head? What made you come to this impasse where you felt that you needed to put this album on digital recording?
2: A bit sick of politics to be honest, man. Like just basically it's just it, it it's freaking my nut out constantly like when 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 change uk formed that, that there was a brief ray of light you know there's a, a again I, I, I could start hoping again but since their uh, dissolution, things have just gone back to being 24 7 bullshit and so i've i've had to distract myself so i'm not just getting kind of upset by all the anti- Corbin attacks and the media and stuff so I, so i've got to immerse myself more in creativity and originally the album like i said earlier so yeah it's a, some of the lyrics are a bit depressing but that's i kind of write about it can be a bit of a vent for for stuff that, Yeah, that, you know it's just it, how
3: you exercise your demons yeah it's just,
2: just stuff that's in my head like originally the album wasn't as personal it featured songs like funeral gowns which is a song set in like the deep south many decades ago about some guy Called Big Joe, who fucks some rich guy's wife and then gets killed <laughs> by a Pinkerton gang for it. Uh, where the chorus is now he's shot down, shot. All right, wait, so it's like now he's shot, shot. Wait, what? Shot. Okay,
1: now he's shot down like a dead dog in a ditch. Now he's shot down like a dead dog in a ditch. Yeah, I guess he served his purpose in this town Yeah, he had him a good run And I'm sorry for his son But ladies, get your funeral gowns
2: So there's songs like that and one 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 song from a point of view of some guy getting hanged for stealing.
1: Hmm. Now, sir, I'd be a perjury if I'd said I never stole my rap sheets long enough without digging deeper down that hole. And all I ask of you, sir, is have mercy on my soul. This life does some things to a man that are beyond his control. And a little brick or two. And many codes of paint. Said I was
2: looking for a job, but I was searching for a saint. The but I kind of cut these out. The so there's, there's a couple of kind of fictitious, sort of character based songs. There's Counting Minutes, which is about a couple of fucking low lifes you know uh, it's a lou reeds it's it, it, it i just yeah. yeah it's just basically my my uh, impression of lou reeds songwriting style <laughs> um so that that one's not really about me and amongst the bones is like some from the point of view of like some rich guy who's like found out he's terminally ill or some some shit like that i don't really know what i was thinking but yeah basically it's the end and this decadent person is uh, looking back on on their life Um, Right, right. And the rest are all really just kind of about depression, insomnia, uh, isolation and loneliness, and all the kind of, like, really good feel-good stuff that people um, (laughs) people, people come to expect from you. Come to expect, especially from from uh, an album in the summer, you know? I'm really, really (laughs) trying to write the feel-good hit of the summer here. But that doesn't mean that they're just like, woe is me, I'm depressed. Like, The Last Man on Earth is a... Satirical song about a miserable solipsistic singer-songwriter being the last man left on Earth after an apocalyptic scenario, and literally the world is in ruins, and this guy's still bitching and complaining about how depressed he is. <laughs> uh, the chorus: "I'm the last man on Earth and still down on my luck." Like uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's that's funny to me so you know every song i think it has a kind of unique angle and the times in between is about getting through dark times it's not just about wallowing in them and that's the final track that's the i shall be released kind of light as a loft anthem i guess again where there's a very sloppy tempo
1: now i know a lot of people that have been through some shit Where they can see no other side The demons just won't quit That's the thing about slings and arrows They have to pause and reload And life is always gonna have its pauses While you hang up for the next big episode And sometimes Sometimes the ones leading the the cavalry cavalry. endure precipitous fall from grace. And the ones that jubilantly lead the The revelry wear a false smile on their face. And mercy unfolds in the tacks in between the great pasture. and
2: Horror music too, like, can you really look at horror music too? And there's stuff in it, yeah, that is about, like, being the and stuff, but... Can you really look at a song that's, like, talking about old gods and the new ones and books filled with evil written by men I never want to see around these parts again, handing big stone tablets down from Mont Pelerin. It's the new Kabbalah of Chicago and Sin. I mean, there's a wider analysis of society than just looking sure. in, looking into the self there. And it's lyrically, there's more phrases and ideas that you wouldn't just get in a solipsistic song about being down you know or sure it,
3: it, it's not an entirely introverted record at all
1: hear the church bells jangle as they're treating the wounds fear the scary monsters that arise from the tomb old gods and the new ones and the books are filled with evil by men I never want to see around these parts again handing big stone tablets
2: down from my in. It's the Nuka of Chicago and Sin. I think so, like the politics is there but it lurks in the background.
3: Yeah, it just strikes me as personal rather than, as you said, solipsistic.
2: So like the album is in a bit of a transitional period as, as we do this discussion because I wrote another song for it the other day and I'm... Uh... Yes. <laughs> so you're basically like, can you're you adding more tracks and <laughs> stuff as you go along basically, like... Yeah. Uh, uh, Life of Pablo, very much like Life of Pablo, yeah, and and I should say, you know, Kanye West is a huge influence on me. I don't know if it could be heard on the record, but in terms (laughs) of actually, you know what, I think you can hear Kanye in it's the way that I tried to keep the form of some of the songs changing and moving. Something like Counting Minutes, where it's got basically a whole song and then it does this middle A, like it
1: all went down on Main Street. And oh, no. Main Street weather. street lights shine the on right. And then mm-hmm. it's
2: got the cow. Kind of refrain and then a guitar solo and then it comes back with the chorus of the song and the counting minutes refrain being sung over each other and then there's a two minute noise jam at the end that's a very Kanye West kind of influence but yeah I'm, I'm kind of I'm, yeah I'm adding stuff to the album still I've got I've got to stop myself just because otherwise you know <laughs> I, It'll I, never get released. Yeah, because I should, I should just do another one if I've got all these other ideas, you know? I should yeah. put, put a full stop at the end of this one and move on to the next project. Sure, but, a novelist doesn't just keep writing the same novel forever and ever, yeah, unless you, they're you, like Tolstoy or something. You could uh, tinker <laughs> with this stuff forever. I mean, last on the last episode, I was jokingly comparing my record to Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses, but, <laughs> I mean, that is a terrible warning. Maybe Chinese Democracy would have been more well-received if they'd have just released it, you know, so fairly soon yeah. <laughs> <Fairly sued laughs> yeah. after writing the songs rather than holding on to it for, for all these years. And it came out and everyone's like, it's not very good. But if it if it was like two years after their previous album, it would be fine. They could just move on to the next record. But yeah, I think that the last track, bar this new one, I wrote for the album was Patterns, the title track.
3: Right. I was actually about to ask you that, how that became the title for the album from being one of the
2: songs. The main thing is it kind of, it wasn't one of the songs. So I, I, sure. I'd i effectively finished the album. I think it had funeral gowns and a song called Saw a Movie on as well, mm. which is the only acoustic song on the album. And I dropped it because I just wanted it to kind of have a feel from start to finish. But I wrote and recorded two new songs when I thought I'd pretty much finished the album. And one of them was this faux religious song called Oh My Lord, mm. wh- which I was just like, what do like serious songwriters write about oh they write about god and religion so i was like i'll write a song about like losing faith
1: oh my lord round every band is temptation in the guise of a friend i know joy Last time I confessed I told you you're the one great truth But you can't quite say the same for what I confessed it all I, I've been in the desert some forty days I know the Lord works in mysterious ways So you lost your faith in me Don't make me lose my faith in you
2: so I wrote that and then I wrote patterns and I basically sent them both to my friend Dom and I was like which one do you want for our kind of 1960s pastiche project the lemon heavies and which one should I keep for my solo project I don't actually think he replied so I was just like (laughs) well I like patterns more so I'm keeping that for my solo project (laughs) (laughs) and yeah like I just thought it just really came together pretty well there's a good feel on the track it's really stripped down there's an acoustic guitar in the middle uh, an electric guitar in each speakers just kind of playing very sort of like just sort of uh, very like loose I don't know yeah uh, and then at the end there's a guitar solo but it's the acoustic guitar that starts playing the solo and it and it and it's the only track I've like ever done that fades out. Because I start, I really fuck. I lost my way in the solo, and I was like, "What if I fade it out when it starts to get bad?" <laughs> uh, so good logic, yeah. yeah, yeah. So and I and I thought, I don't know. I thought this song. There's a we're kind of really like we're talking about what's bleak and depressing about my music. There's a really kind of like present threat of death in it at loads mm. of points. Be it like now he's shot down like a dead dog in a ditch or or in horror music too, walk in the earth or in the ground either way that horror music still resounds there's this kind of there is Hmm. this like specter of mortality looming and i thought patterns is kind of like you know it kind of posits life as this very short pattern where you're not there and then Hmm. you are there and then you're not there again but it's book ended by you not being there and right. and, and so that's that's the thing like that so every verse kind of it ends with like and then you learn that there'll be no more crazy patterns left to burn and finally there'll be no more crazy patterns left to see and you'll see crazy patterns at heaven's gate and so on it sort of lists things on the earth where there are patterns the land the tar sands, where they mutilate the land. That's you know, hoping Neil notices me, but I'm mean, I'm impassioned about the same causes <laughs> here. But actually, if you see the Alberta tar sands, it's the most disgusting aberration. You will ever see uh, on this land. It's an appalling. It really is a mutilation of the earth, and and it's got patterns in it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like that's yeah. (laughs) So there's a very literal element of just like describing things that have got patterns, and also, but at the same time, just kind of it brings it back to. And then there's a finality to this. And I just thought this song, maybe I was thinking, you know, because you, yeah, had painted that artwork for me, which I thought was great, which I know you, uh, you. you listened to an earlier version of the album and painted something you thought was in line with yeah. what you heard there. And then I think in turn, what you painted inspired the direction that I continued to take the album okay. in so that's
3: interesting because there was a very strong lsd influence to my art so maybe yeah. there was an indirect psychedelic influence
2: uh, <laughs> to
3: yeah. the, the album
2: yeah maybe maybe i i mean i, I did kind of say to you that's like, you know something a bit psychedelic and uh, out there uh yeah. i mean the music's not too and certainly
3: patterns does make me think psychedelia a little bit yeah it,
2: absolutely although it's a very stripped down rootsy kind of song Mm. like we said so i'm still working out i want to put this track razors edge on the album i basically had a complex where i i needed to make the album fit on two sides of vinyl there's no way this would ever get a vinyl release but i i i I don't (laughs) even have a record player but it's just (laughs) it's just a raucous value that records were better when they were on records because you could only get about 40 minutes like maybe a little bit over 42 minutes or something on there and sure it forces you to be concise in a way exactly so the reason there's so many 24 karat classics is because they just put the no bullshit on there and even great tracks weren't able to make the album you know so they had Mm. people had to put out standalone singles and and yeah. stuff. But I kind of think, you know, that is a bit arbitrary. And if I want to put this other track on it, and I think it's as good as anything on... I mean, it's better than fucking Horror Music 1, this Razor's mm. Edge track. You know, it's really strong. And also, this album is like a ragtag collection of ideas that, as you say, I've had over five years. Yeah, There was stuff on there that's even older in origin. So I Saw a Movie, which was cut from the album at the last minute, I wrote the vast majority of saw a movie so the second half of the second verse and the second chorus were written in 2016 the rest of Sora movie was written when I was in sixth form in all like, right. I think the second year so like 2012 or 2011. So there was stuff on there going all the way back to school. There was another unfinished song from school that I cut out of the album track listing called Time and Time Again. Uh, I just thought it, just, I, it never quite came together but I'm glad I made the effort to sure. finish it. And then this song I again it was one I had floating about in 2016 and I never finished it. And i think there's something to be said for just forcing myself to sit down and finish my ideas because generally i <laughs> i have a bit and i like a bit and then i get daunted by how much i like this bit but i won't be able to write anything else that but 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 right. uh, sustains the bit <laughs> but i like this one and it's another one with some uh, with with a with um a significant guitar solo as well it's great yeah,
1: yeah. So I don't count no sheep. Get so weary that you barely hear a peep. When I fall down, yeah, I fall down at your feet. we' down so low as if by concrete. Through the gallons of rain and hail and sleep. No, I won't concede defeat. the time between the waking and the
3: So, do you think "Patterns" is the final title? Yeah, for
1: I, th- I, th- I think yeah. so. I think, uh,
2: uh, <laughs> I, I think it sums up the record. You know? I think, I th- no, I think really. Yeah
3: you were explaining earlier about like how even the track listings have some patterns in
2: i mean it's changed a bit i mean there was a real pattern there were two tracks on it that i think were exactly seven minutes and 23 seconds Um, wow! (laughs) yeah so it's supposed to be i i am thinking although it doesn't need to be strictly vinyl format two sides that's the frame i've been Mm -hmm. thinking of it in terms of so i wanted to have like one kind of longer jam on each side so you've got counting minutes on the first side and *The last man on earth on the second side um oh, yeah. and i cut a bit out of the guitar solo of the last man on earth so they're no longer unfortunately <laughs> there's no longer a pattern between them i think they're sequenced at similar places in the record though mm. and i showed the album to my friend viv and she kind of commented i was like four really accessible tracks on it and then there's a bunch of weird stuff to kind of uh, balance it out and i very that much sounds about right to my ears yeah yeah and that's how i structured it i didn't want to have like just weird track weird track weird track weird track normal track normal track normal track normal track weird, weird you know i wanted there to be some tonal shifts but not too much so sunrise on the city and the times in between are both For more accessible tracks, they're both kind of for lighter, clean guitar sounds, harmony vocals, just much much nicer than the other stuff. And so I think those are perfect bookends for the album. I love Sunrise on the City as an opener. Some people want to kick off the album with like a heavy thing, but I like this very low key opening. I've opened shows with it, so it's always been track one for me. It's needed. It's a track that's needed to be track one for somewhere. Times in between, have mercy on all those in the times in between. The great pasture and the green, the parched dry valley and the sea. That chorus is supposed to be the end of the band's music with Big Pink. They do Bob Dylan's "I Should Be Released." I see my light come shining from the west out to the east. Any day now, any day now. I Shall Be Released and that's a very poignant ending to that record I mean I don't have a yeah. song I don't have quite have a song as good as I Shall Be Released but that's the closest equivalent I had lying around <laughs> 2015 tune written in between my uh, BA and Masters so yeah there are some patterns obviously the horror music tracks book ending it horror music too very uh interesting track yeah fitting yeah and i think if this new song does indeed go on the record it will probably go between patterns and the last man on earth or possibly the last man on earth and horror music too
3: yeah i could see that placement working either of
2: those side two anyway so it's five songs each side
3: yeah you still got some balance there some symmetry that's the word
2: yeah absolutely oh and then there's an accompanying release that i should be putting out as well called the Moose shit highway EP. Okay. Did um, I send? Don't know that one. Okay, I, d- I might not have sent you it. So it's a five song EP. And it's basically the result of a jam session with my friend Tim, nice. who, along with you, Yair, is basically a, like an honorary member of Crazy Moose. He plays, <laughs> he plays percussion on me tracks, which are on my percussion setup. It's a song nice. called "Super Highway," which is a kind of murder ballad that I improvised years ago in a stoned-out trance. And I, rec- <laughs> I recorded the improvisation and I was like, that's it. That's that's the song. I've, I've never rewritten it. It's just I play it. I play Perfect. what I improvise <laughs> these days. Yeah. So there's a recording of that. It comes from me playing guitar and singing and him playing percussion right sitting next to each other. So my vocals are a little bit quiet. So I've overdubbed a lot of harmonies on these. But it's Super Highway. Then a cover of Jesse James, as in The Assassination Of. Oh, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, traditional folk song. I'm a big fan of. Then Saw a Movie, the track Cut From Patterns, but this is a different version. This is a hard, electric version, kind of like the way I wrote it in Sick form. And then oh, cool. you've got a cover of Hank Williams, actually written by Leo Payne, but Hank Williams popularised it. The song Lost Highway, a classic country song with uh, lyrics like, uh, how's this for like country uh <laughs> Just a deck of cards
1: and a jug of wine and a woman's lies made a life like mine.
2: Like, uh,
3: Any uh, connection to the David Lynch film?
2: <laughs> Lost I think, Highway? I think that's Lynch's love of Americana coming Probably. out, you know that's it's yeah. it's an all-american kind of concept although there is a very literal lost highway in the film lost highway um yeah. And then the final track is a semi-improvised song called The Ballad of Mikey Gapes and Mr. Seamus Milne, which is include, <laughs> included in order to get real politic fans to listen to it. <laughs> I see what you did there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, there, so there should be a, you know even more music actually coming from the Crazy Moose. Great. Just a decade. I've carried on yeah. recording. I even recorded a new song last night. So there's there's more stuff. There's basically an album's worth of material that didn't make it on this record. No rest for the wicked. <laughs> Absolutely. Fucking wicked, bruv. I, I presume that's how you mean <laughs> it. Mate, this is wicked. This album no, is I mean, wicked. I
3: mean, you're literally evil, obviously. Well, you could
2: say I'm <laughs> ch- channeling some uh, some satanic energy on this record.
3: I mean, you must be. Rock and roll, <laughs>
2: Rock and roll is the devil music, after all. <laughs> you're singing about holding hands. <laughs> holding hands is the devil's work, or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's sucky jokes.
3: Walk Hard was obviously the biggest influence on you, musically. This is a very Judy Cox in-
2: yeah, I mean, if you, you could see the various ages of Cox throughout this <laughs> record, actually, you know, there's his, a lot of
3: Cox on that record. A
2: lot of Cox on the record. A kind of well, there's you know, punky Dewey Cox when you you sounded like some kind of punk. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to well, obviously the country Dewey Cox who we know very well from songs like Walk Hard. And it's a shame I didn't get more of the kind of mariachi feel of Guilty Charged <laughs> on there. <laughs> that would have been fun uh, yeah uh, I'm afraid horns were just I couldn't go that far on the record there are certain <laughs> things that I if I'd have started trying to add in horn parts on my keyboard and stuff it really would have just sounded like some shit tin pot <laughs> fucking bedroom <laughs> fucking <thing. laughs> gotta fact, draw the line somewhere yeah, yeah I and mean, that, that's another thing actually I can play a bit of keyboards and the songs that I did on this album are so simple I could have played keyboard parts to them but i can't get a great sound i love some of the guitar sounds i get by just sticking my mic up to my amp and it even adds a bit of extra distortion which sounds good i think but the keyboard through my amp recorded on my mic never sounds good enough i like an organic sound that's why it's all yeah live percussion rather than loops on the record and there's something tinny about the keyboard sound uh that, I don't well, that, appreciate. That, that
3: is something that i really do love is that like you say, there's no loops and all the harmonies it's just you it's it's fantastic it's so uh, i'm not even sure what the word is but it just it comes together it's very authentic very like this is clearly your project
2: oh thank and you
3: it works that way it's nice
2: Yeah, I mean, harmonies and stuff is because, like, when I write a song, I hear a kind of arrangement for it Mm -hmm. in my head. I'm not very interested in, like, solo acoustic music or anything like that. Like, Like, this is a rock album it it, it, yeah, might, it, it might...
3: manages to be you but it does sound like it's a whole band yeah yeah it yeah. is
2: it might not be balls to the wall rock because i can't really get that kind of sound with my little drumming setup and everything but it's but it's rock nonetheless and i want to do songs that have some crunchy guitars and some kind of bigger sounds and have have the Mm -hmm. dynamics of rock that build up a bit take go to a breaking point and then there's the guitar solo yeah and 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 stuff like the harmonies and stuff like i always can hear the harmonies in my head like that's where i think i know where they need to be
3: yeah so some really good sound engineering there which obviously is something that shares with the podcast in a way Uh oh
2: yeah i'd like i'd like to think so i would say actually that the recording of the vocals is... What I'm least happy with about the record, there's just something about my Mm. my mic. It might be just there's a super dry sound to them. Like there's not great acoustics in my study where I record everything, and um, Mm -hmm. there's never any effects on them or anything. And my mic is kind of, you know, it's not a bad one, but it's not it's very middle of a range, and it's not sure. It's not necessarily a mic for recording singing, and if I sing too hard, it might distort or something. So uh, the vocal recording is never going to be quite as good as 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 I wanted. But I, you know, I. do my best at at least the vocal performances are okay. of course
3: it does still have that touch of low fineness about it which is not necessarily a bad thing at all yeah, like, I well, love the Mountain Goats,
2: and they sound low fi Much really more low fi than this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't record this on a tape machine, for example. Right, and there's, more, <laughs> exactly. there's more stuff on it <laughs> than just acoustic guitar and vocals. But I was inspired by people who record really good home demos, to be fair. Like, there's this album from the early 70s called Who Came First? And it's a compilation of Pete Townsend's demos for Who?, I uh, know, oh, yeah. and, and I don't know if I've heard his earliest ones, but if you go as far back even as the My Generation album in 1965, Pete Townsend would record these amazing home demos where he'd basically play the full band part. Mm. I mean, of course, like this is why you know I would love to actually have a band because um, <laughs> Pete Townsend can play drums and he can play bass, and it's great. It's out. They, these these are really good sounding recordings for a guy in the 60s and 70s, recording at his home. Right, yeah. um, they, they sound fantastic <laughs> and really professional, but there's never that kind of fire that you get from John Entwistle playing the bass or Keith Moon playing the drums. But he can still simulate a band. Yeah, right? yeah. Like but the... each individual band member does bring something to it. Exactly, so he can't, yeah. he can't simulate the who but pete townsend the songwriter can still make something good and that mm. ins- that inspired me again it's this thing of like oh jimmy hendrix covering sergeant peppers inspired me to cover sergeant peppers i'm not the songwriter that pete townsend is the same way i'm not i'm not the uh, musician <laughs> that jimmy hendrix is uh, and and by the way in terms of playing rhythm guitar and playing chords, like Townsend is the master. But I did look at his home demos, and there'll be some other people who do really good demos that aren't coming to mind immediately. But Townsend was the big one I just thought. He can put some really good stuff together. Admittedly like wealthy rock star, who's has yeah. got got very good gear. But it's decades on now. So that was my thinking. If he could do that with Pretty good decades ago, yeah, yeah. In in 1965, then I can do something maybe almost as real sounding in 2019 with a much simpler setup. So, is it, yeah. that those I, the, I
3: think you do a very admirable job at it, yeah.
2: Yeah, those are the material conditions behind the record, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, the artist that showed me that that can be done. I'm trying to think who else kind of plays everything on their records, who inspired me to do that. But it is kind of super fun laying down a band part, because it's like I can try and do a rhythm guitar with a kind of scrappy tone, with kind of like Keith Richards, and then a lead. Yeah. And then I can do a lead part that I play like Neil Young. And I can try and play a bass part like John Entwistle, but I'm nowhere near as good, and I don't actually have a bass. And then I will invariably just try and play drums like Ralph Molina from Crazy Horse on top, because that's all <laughs> I can really do, or or a, a little bit like Mo Tucker from The Velvet Underground, um, right? And because of course Lou Reed is uh, is, is uh, a totemic figure for me.
3: I see that. Yeah, cool. Did Tom die?
2: Did Tom die? Yeah. What he Probably fell asleep. Probably. I
3: think I think um, I be- oh, I'm here. I'm
1: oh. here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, here.
4: Uh. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here,
1: guys. <laughs> <laughs> Although, on no, related, I,
4: I, I, I just had, I just had the phone set to to um uh quiet while uh, you were speaking. Were you out
1: Okay. Of, were you That's
2: at? very I'm polite, Tom. Smoking, Tom.
1: No, I'm but just um, some yeah, <laughs> uh,
3: I probably need to get going soon to make dinner because it's that's getting cool, to dinner time. Yeah, that's cool. Like, but I feel like we—I mean, it, of raw oh. recording, I've got an hour and a half over here. Yeah, so.
2: same. I think we've we've had a pretty good chat about the moose and yeah. And if it
3: changes significantly, we can always add some more material later or whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Is this
4: is this Patreon material? Is it?
2: think so maybe unless i decide to put it out publicly because no one listens to my album it seems a bit of a shame to do a promotional thing as something yeah. for a small amount of people well we'll have to get back and
3: do some good old recording about some films or something next week
2: oh yeah that's <sighs> cool i've been watching a few films recently like i watched peter Lu, loro by paolo sorrentino his film about berlusconi I watched Louis Farouk's new Westboro Baptist Church documentary last night. Oh, I I, I didn't know there was a new one. Yeah, he's done his third one now. Yeah, Yeah, I know he's done a couple. it was all right i'm gonna it's watch
4: that then that sounds good we there's can at least talk about that and i'll watch peter as well
2: there's at least two people who've been recruited to the church by louis theroux's previous documentaries on them it's quite funny it's just like I <laughs> realised that i was against it and he's like yeah yeah, yeah. but now you convinced me to join <laughs> weird um yeah there's one guy from fucking Barnsley or something, like some guy from Yorkshire who's joined <laughs> the Westboro Baptist Church. I'm
3: <laughs> from Barnsley, and I hate gays.
2: <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, Tom, by the way, how was the specials?
4: Oh, man, they were sick.
2: They didn't play Free Nelson Mandela? They didn't, no. They didn't.
4: <laughs> <But> <laughs> they, played, had... they played They a lot of Gary the, 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 the tracks on their first album, though, and also had a bit of bit of uh, material from the new album as well, Encore
2: do so. they do if you have a racist friend now is the time now they didn't do racist friend man that's a tune man i like that song the message yeah, yeah in case you're not familiar is if you have a racist friend now is the time now is the time for your friendship to end <laughs> it's quite <laughs> a good song <laughs> yeah, yeah but you were hanging out with tom watson there tom you were trading drenge b-side like check this deep cut out man great to <laughs> masturbate to
4: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Laura tagged me in on that photo. <laughs> the, what the video he put out, so, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> God.
2: like he,
4: he was he, he went to the gig the day after me. So
3: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just full of tons. <laughs> I'll get this recording exported and, 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 then and, and, and send and it on and over
4: to you. Just, uh, and the fact that it was it, and it was the fact that he recorded the song "The Lunatics," which which has the lyrics <laughs> "The Lunatics have taken over the asylum." <laughs> is is just like oh, he's such epical. a cunt. Oh, well. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, lads. Good talking to you. Thanks for interviewing me about my album, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's been good. Thanks for being
4: here.
2: Yeah, (laughs) thanks for joining, Tom.
4: It's been a pleasure as always. Talk to you later, sleepy Tom.
2: See you later, guys. (laughs) That's the plan. Farewell.
4: Have a good one, folks. See you next time.
1: Let me tell you about a band from a doo-wop lineage You in 75 lit up Miami Beach Comprised of Billy Ralph and Neil and Danny Poncho and Neil's Guitars are so guts will make you run for the hills The antithesis of Stephen Stills With jams that hit you like a psychedelic pill Some drummers swing like a metronome But only Ralph Molina really cuts to the bone. What would Ralph Molina do? It's a beat of a heart, the only beat that's true I like John Bonham and I like you. Key- Move, but Ralph Molina is the realist dude. What would Ralph Molina do? It's the beat of the heart, the only beat that's true. Well, I like jump on him, and I like to keep moving. But Ralph Molina is the realist dude. People said to Neely, shouldn't ride with a horse." Crosby, Cold and Subhuman. He was so poor. The Ralph was laying down a seminal, Boom, twack. cross her fucking up on the to crack. Some dramas got hard and some dramas got soul and some dramas got motherfucking rock and roll. When it comes to a guy who's got all of those things, you know it's Ralph Molina, who's the motherfucking king. What would Ralph Molina do? It's the beat of a heart, the only beat that's true. Well, like jump on him and I like keep moving. But Ralph. But is the realist dude What would Ralph Molina do? It's a beat of a heart, the only beat that's true I like John Bonham and I like Kiku But Ralph Molina is the realist dude I like Moe Tucker and Bruce too, But Ralph Molina is the realist dude He don't play showy and he don't play blues But Ralph Molina is the realist dude
3: It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.